0: And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Blue Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate.
2: everyone. Welcome back to Packer Report, the only 365 day a year Packer podcast. Uh, today it is Ross and myself, Jimmy Christensen, break you down the edge rusher group. How are you doing, Ross?
3: I'm good. That might have been a Freudian slip. This is actually the Pack a Day podcast. I am the publisher of Packer oh, yeah. Report. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Well, uh, you know, obviously this is a very Packer Report heavy podcast. Uh, myself, being the publisher um obviously Andy Herman being my my lieutenant my second in command my editor and uh, you are a contributor as well so uh, i think i think we can safely get away with that with that slip um without it being a huge deal yeah
2: that's uh that's embarrassing that's why i usually don't host these things man i usually uh let someone that's else right. do the intros yeah what well, <laughs>
3: Jake, uh, like I said, Jake Stack, who is not with us this evening, usually, uh, sets me up and I, you know, I try not to strike out. So that's where, that's where we're normally at. I gotcha, man. So we're going to continue
2: our positional breakdown, uh, for training camp right now. And Ross and I are here to talk about the, the edge rusher group, which last season we invested heavily in. We, we brought in two, uh, highly paid, Free agents for the first time in a long time, uh, Preston Smith, Darius Smith, and then we use the 12th overall pick to bring in, uh, Rashawn Gary, who didn't make much of an impact last year, but confidence wise, uh, how do you feel about this group going into the season?
3: I mean, I think you gotta feel really good about it, uh, especially at the top. I think there are concerns, certainly, uh, about depth and depth in two ways. Depth in the sense that, um, even teams with phenomenal one and two edge rushers, need guy three and four. You know, you can't rush the passer 60 snaps a game and find a ton of success. And it's an issue they ran into the Clay Matthews days. And um I, I think they might be in a situation where they're just going to have to maybe teach Rush on Gary both positions and, um, you know, spell Smith or then spell the other Smith. I'm not Sure that you can bring both Smiths off the field and, and bring, you know, a Rashawn Gary and Tim Williams team or a Rashawn Gary and John Garvin team. I think that's a little bit dangerous, uh, even for 2025 20, snaps a game. Um, but at the top, you know, I think one of the more underrated players in all of professional football and Zadarius Smith, one of the most productive edge rushers in all of the national football league and Preston Smith had a pro bowl caliber year as well. It is as good as they've been at those positions. Really, I don't even think I'm exaggerating. I mean, this is as good as they've been at that spot since Reggie White and Sean Jones. Uh, Clay had some great seasons, but the guy across from him was never at the level of Preston Smith. If you're, you know, having Z be the, the Clay or the Reggie. Um, yeah. I, I don't think anybody since Sean Jones has been at that level opposite the top pass rusher. With maybe the exception of going back to those 2000s days, if the Packers, I can't remember ever had Aaron Campman and KGB going, you know, heavy at the same time. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about now at that point, you're talking about me being 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, and, and I, my, my memory maybe just isn't what it used to be. (laughs) No, I agree with you. I'm really confident in this group. Uh, Zadarius Smith
2: definitely is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, especially at his position. Uh, he was dominant last season, 13 and a half sacks, 55 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, 37 QB hits. Like he was a force that defenses had to wor- or offenses had to worry about. And a game that stands out was that Vikings game where he just destroyed Ooh. them. Uh, that I believe Monday night game just completely crushed the Vikings, which was amazing to watch, but what do you think Zadarius has to do to start getting more
3: recognition league-wide or even from the national media? I, I think just repeat what he did this last year, which is asking a lot, but, I mean, just play at that level. Um, you know, playing with Suggs and McPhee and, and just guys that were pretty darn good in Baltimore, he never got 60 snaps a game. He never probably got 35 snaps a game. I mean, um, he was a very – effective pass rusher, a very effective disruptor, but never a full-time player. And what you saw was him taking a step forward in his game. In addition to the increase in snaps, well, that equaled tremendous production. And so I think if you get year two where you've got a 12-and-a-half sack, you know, 80-pressure season – he he's going to be talked about the way he deserves to be talked about. I think he just needs to put two of them together, and then people are going to be like, oh, this is not a Pro Bowl edge rusher. This is an all-pro edge rusher.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you, you mentioned before, though, that he played a lot of snaps, and with the lack of depth, it doesn't really look like he's going to – that's going to go down much. So he, yeah. him <laughs> and Preston – both play, so. Preston played eighty three point six five percent of defensive snaps, and Zadarius played many. Oh yeah, and Zedaris played eighty three point eight five. <sighs> so we lost Facro, but which is crazy. So Rashawn Gary only played twenty three percent. That's obviously going to obviously going to go up, but I don't think that's necessarily going to mean that Zadarius and Preston are going to get off the field. Much more. I I honestly think we can see just a lot of those three guys on the field because the Darius can play inside, because Rashawn can play inside. Are, how worried are you about those guys playing too many snaps?
3: I mean, I think I'm significantly worried about it. I I, I think honestly too, I believe that the uh, the the Everson Griffin's team made sense. I it may have been you know hashtag fake news, but yeah, it uh, it made a ton of sense to me. I mean, I I really am worried about Edge four. Uh I'm very worried in a season with a shortened training camp with no preseason games where these guys are basically just supposed to you know roll the ball out and fire in Minneapolis in four weeks. I, I'm worried, you know, and so um I, I think it's a it's an issue. I wish it was addressed earlier than round seven, unfortunately. And yeah, yeah I mean I think that your best pass rush pass rush look is probably Kenny Clark at, at one tech and Zadarius Smith roving with Rick Gary and, and Preston Smith burning off the edge and then playing nickel behind that look or playing dime behind that look. Uh, but again, the issue, if you will, is that, uh, you know, you, you are in, in trouble if anyone goes down plus you're, kinda asking those guys to play every snap and that's why yeah uh Garvin, uh Tim Williams and they they need to get going. I mean they they need to find somebody to play that facker role. Uh I think you can definitely find guys to play that if as effectively or more effectively, but Petton still has to trust you. Petton still has to believe that your assignment sure and he's got to believe that he can actually send you onto the field.
2: No, one hundred percent. I'm uh, I'm terrified of those guys playing 83% of snaps again, not because their bodies can't handle it, but because we look at our, we had Clay Matthews who kind of towards the end of his time with the Packers, my my dad would call him a China doll. Like there was always an injury he was dealing with. Uh When we had Nick Perry, I feel like he played more with a cast on his hand than without a cast on his hand. Uh We're just one injury away from our pass rush looking like it did two years ago before we signed these guys. Uh it's it's something that's really troubling because literally everyone else besides Preston, Zadarius, and Rashawn Gary has not played a defensive snap for the Packers. Uh, we have uh, – I can't even say his last name. I'm going to butcher it, but Tipa uh, Goliath. Goli- yeah,
3: Tipa Gallier. Or, yeah, or, there uh, it is. He, you know, he was tremendously productive at, yeah. at uh, I think, Utah State yep. even or BYU? Utah State. Utah, yeah, which everybody says getting like, fact you know, PTSD, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, tremendously, tremendously, uh, productive guy from a pass rush standpoint, from a tackle for loss standpoint. I haven't seen his pressure numbers. I don't have, you know, I don't have access to those and, yeah. and it's not like, I mean, be honest with you guys, I didn't have time to chart uh, every snap at Utah State. <laughs> we got <laughs> to prioritize, Dude, but pack a day um,
2: slacking if you didn't have time. Yeah, to it, I know.
3: Man. I know. I know. But yeah, uh, you know, just a, a really, in my opinion, solid guy for a UDFA. Yeah. Hoping we get a little bit more out of him than like a Vic Soto or, you know, even Frank Zombo, et cetera. But uh, his college production is quite a bit above and beyond what those guys were able to put together. I don't know if it was because I, you know, going to one of those Utah schools, maybe he's old. I I haven't checked, but I would guess that there's a chance that he's old and maybe it's, it's just that he didn't test. Well, I know, uh, certainly the Packers normally really prefer to have phenomenal testing numbers out of their edge rushers and every position he's, he's 23 and this year too, with oldish, yeah, oldish, oldish, yeah, and with
2: with this though, it's like next off or next draft and off season is going to be com- way different than anything. But even this past one was different. Like after the combine, there there weren't pro days, there weren't really like meetings with teams. He couldn't fly people in. Like that that had to affect that probably affected his draft stock a little bit. Maybe he could be a diamond in the rough that the Packers were able to bring in, but. One thing I'm worried about is they used a twelfth overall pick on Rashawn Gary last year and he only played twenty three percent of the snaps. But now i I have a hard time believing they're gonna be confident in an undrafted
3: free agent playing a, a significant amount. Right, but I mean you gotta go back. Like look at Eric Walden's first year. Look at Frank Zombo. Frank yeah. Zombo started in the Frank Zombo started in the Super Bowl as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. A it's a different defensive coordinator. Like, yeah, that could
2: it, play a factor.
3: It, it was, and it might. But I, I just think we're going to get to the point, too, where Mike Pettin just is not going to be able to play uh, the Smiths 91% of the snaps. It, just, it cannot happen. It just no. cannot happen. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a number of things. I think you could see Kenny Clark playing some edge. They mentioned moving him around. As insane as that sounds, yeah, he is that athletic. Um, I oh. think you could see – some 40 front looks where you have Dean Lowry playing actual defensive end because he did that a little bit at Northwestern and he's capable of it. Um, you know, I, I think you could see, uh, Ty Summers, uh, Kirksey, Burks, you know, be, linebacker group, or maybe it's just Burks and Kirksey with Raven Green and then, you know, three defensive linemen including Lowry playing end and then maybe just Z or just Preston or even maybe just Gary and you give the Smith brothers a, a a blow i i don't even think 83% of the snaps is sustainable the way that they used them last year and say what you will about Fat Girl, they're thinner this year or they have to feel thinner
2: oh, yeah i definitely think they are thinner there's no there's no question about it they they obviously they have depth at that position but it's just unproven question marks there and it's kind of, it's, it's kind of the same story. Jacob Westendorf and I talked about it yesterday with the defensive line. Like it's the same question there, which is, which is worrisome because they have, they have the big names behind them. They don't really, it just doesn't seem like they have anyone. Uh, so you mentioned, or we mentioned a little bit Rashawn Gare. We talked about him, uh, as a player and Zedarius is a player that can move inside, outside. And uh, Jake, when I talked about this guy yesterday, another versatile player that played D end in college and as well as linebacker is Ty Summers. Do you, do you see a chance that maybe they get in a pinch and they, they move him around a little bit, maybe at D end or outside linebacker just to see if he can do it?
3: Maybe some burning off the edge, but. Uh, no, I, I like him as a blitzer. I like him as a downhill player from like where Blake Martinez used to line up. As far as him, and, and I did, I saw some of the outside linebacker stuff he did at TCU. As far as asking him to attack a tackle and like bend, no thank you. I, and he, he, look, he's got fluid hips. He's got great, great testing numbers as far as change of yeah. direction, three cone. His hips are fluid. They're flexible, mm-hmm. but, um, I think his win rate would be extremely low uh playing as an edge. I, I I just think if I'm trying to match up Ty Summers, I want him coming downhill at, at at a guard who just can't stay in front of him.
2: Yeah, no, great point. So we mentioned we mentioned that Zadarius is completely underrated, but another player I, I feel too that's underrated because of Zadarius stardom that just shot up is Preston. What do you think it is that has drawn people more to Zadarius than Preston? Because Preston really had a, gr- a tremendous season last year, and people are huge fans of him, but it just doesn't seem like he gets the love and praise as Zadarius does.
3: Yeah, I, I think the the stats, and and I think Twitter's becoming a little bit more woke as far as um you know that was one big thing, and and like guys wrote articles about the Packers just signed two guys that weren't stars and they gave him a ton of money. And guess what? Now both of those contracts are phenomenal values after just yeah. one year. They're phenomenal values specifically Zedaria Smith, but you know, he did out pressure Preston. Yeah. Um, He, he, he did make kind of a splash plays. People think it's cool with the Rover. Plus he's got, you know, the dreads and he kind of looks like the predator. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, he's got a great look, I'm a big, I'm a big aesthetics guy. 55 is a badass number. Like (laughs) everything about Z is just super badass. And I think, uh, I think that's kind of where, where that came from. And, and obviously, you know, they're fun. Like they do tandem interviews together and they come up with, uh, you know, cool sack celebrations and him crawling on the ground and, and eating. And, uh, I just think his personality is infectious. I think, uh, that story, I believe Matt Schneidman wrote about, kind of his upbringing and his path to green Bay really endeared people to the, or endeared people to him. Um, But yeah, I mean, Preston also dropped way more than Z ever did uh, into coverage, which is, is fewer opportunity, not a ton, but fewer opportunities to rush. And so I just, I, I think those pass rush numbers are super duper important and fans get them. Fans see Z leading the league in pressures or however close he was. I know that through some late week, he was leading the league in pressures. Maybe Danell Hent- Hunter caught him, but, but that's a huge deal, man. I mean, it is. It's, it's uh the way he affected the game. And, and honestly, too, the way he played against rivals was big. He, he dominating, uh dominating the Vikings twice is, is big. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a big deal for fan perspective and fan uh, engagement.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And uh zadarius in his presser was actually asked about uh Preston's personality. Like, will they see it a little bit more this year now that he's doing solo interviews, at least for the foreseeable future. And he said in the locker room, he has a huge personality. He's all, he's the guy that's making people laugh. So hopefully fans will see a little bit more of that and, love him the way they do not that they don't like him but uh he definitely was a great addition to the team and he's a monster player but and i i hate to be this guy because i never like talking about people being in shape or out of shape but have you seen pictures of preston for this so far this training camp
3: not not any that like stick out to me or that i can think of right now
2: for some reason, I, a couple of them that I saw, maybe it's just an unflattering picture, but it looks like he beefed up a little bit. Maybe that was on purpose because he does want to add a little bit of weight or something, but he looks a little beefier this season. But it, it could also be quarantine. Who knows, man? Sure. You ask be...
3: yes, me the opposite is certainly true of uh of Rashawn. I mean, he looks yeah. way more like a 3-4 outside linebacker than he ever did last year. He is lean and mean, and um, yeah. he mentioned kind of going back to – some high school workouts because of COVID and running gassers and running steps and he, he looks lean and mean and, and looks more like a three, four outside linebacker and not a square peg, you know, putting it into a round hole. If I, if I had been, you know, somebody said like, I, look, I wanted Brian Burns. There's no, uh, there's there been no bones that can be made about that. I, I said it about a thousand times and, and, um, You know, I'll stick by the fact that I think Brian Burns would have, would have had and should have been the pick. But if you said, okay, you have to have Rashawn Gary, what are you going to do with him? I would have said, put 10 pounds on him and have him play three tech. That, that's what I would have done. I want, would have wanted him going up the field, up the field, up the field. Um, and that's not the, the, the path that they chose, which is fine, but it's not the path that they chose. I would have had Kenny at one and Rashawn at three and let's, let's party. And I think that could be a part of his package moving forward, but I mean, I would have made that his, his full time position. Now this Rashawn Gary way different. I mean, this Rashawn Gary looks kind of like Preston looks. I mean, you know, uh, obviously the testing numbers change of, change of direction. You can run the three cone in sub seven, I believe. Um, he, he can move well, well enough for me.
2: Yeah. Uh, and even Kingsley, Kingsley Kiki in interviews, uh, this, this offseason mentioned that Gary looked – he did slim down. Like, even before he had his press conference today saying he did, like, there's no denying his body looks, like you said, like a an outside linebacker, a 3-4 outside linebacker. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does this year. And looking back at last season, a lot of people were upset that we – not that we took him at the 12th overall pick, but that he really didn't see the field as much as you'd hope a 12th overall pick would – uh, he only saw the field 23% of defensive snaps. He managed to get two sacks, 21 tackles, three tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits. What what stat line do you think that he needs to have this year that will get fans to kind of start being more okay with taking him at that 12th overall pick?
3: I would just preach patience, man. Patience, patience, patience. Uh, yeah, it was Clay. Phenomenal in year two. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he definitely was. Probably should have, honestly. Um, I, I'm a guy that thinks Troy Palomalu is pretty overrated. I, I mean, uh, he just, he just didn't do it for me. He was a box safety. He was a great box safety. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I, I just, I wasn't a huge fan of his game relative to other people. Yeah. Um, I thought he should have been the defensive player of the year in 2010, which would have been his sophomore season, but historically, you know, you have had to wait. On pass rushers. And that is, you know, you, you look at the career path of Nick Perry. If you ever, if you ever would have stayed healthy, I think his production was in year three or four. Um, you look at even a guy like Zadarius Smith, guy like Preston Smith, they didn't produce fast enough for their drafting teams to even believe in them enough to extend them, you know, and that's why they were available. You look at Brian Burns rookie season, Harold Landry's rookie season. I promise these are guys that are coming, you know, they'll, they'll get there, but pass rush takes a while. Very, very few rookies are ready to actually come in and rush the passer. And even a second year guy, I mean, I I would not, and 12th overall pick. Look, I, I get it. Rashawn Gary has hall of fame potential. And I know that's going to sound like a, like a crazy hot take, but like, less than 1% of humans his size can move like him. Truthfully. I mean, he is every athletic gift you could ever want to give a pass rusher. He possesses that gift. He is eons away from being even a pro bowl level NFL player right now. But the guy doesn't have a ceiling. It doesn't exist. It's, it is literally a gold jacket. And I think, the realistic hope, obviously, is something between the gold jacket and what we saw last year, but I would caution you to wait until year three at least because of the raw aspect of his game, his lack of production at Michigan, and, frankly, it's a flat-out position change. I know they don't drop a ton, but you're in the two-point stance more often than not. Like Playing 3-4 outside linebacker in a petton slash capers Slash, you know Fangio scheme is just not the same as playing a four three end for Don Brown at Michigan. It's just not the same thing.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does this year because a lot of eyes are on him to make that sophomore step. But like you said, realistically, it might not come to the third or fourth season because that's just he was he was drafted because of his raw talent and not necessarily the production like you mentioned at Michigan. His numbers didn't stand out so. Patience is definitely going to be key, and hopefully, excuse me. Hopefully, fans have a little little bit of patience heading into the season. So, just to finish off, uh, to wrap this up, I just want to ask you quick questions. I'll have to edit that out. I'm going to ask you some quick questions. Uh, So, for just to go through, ask you what some predictions for next season. Uh, Preston Smith, how many sacks do you think he's going to finish with? Nine and a half. Beautiful. Uh, Zadarius, same question. Twelve and a half. And Rashawn, same question. Six. Perfect. And then the next one. So I'm going to assume Rashawn's going to kind of go into that, um, Kyler Fackrell role. He's going to, he's going to be around 40, maybe 50% of the defensive snaps. Who do you think is going to take that Rashawn role next year, playing around 23, 25% of the snaps?
3: Tim Williams, but I don't feel great about it. Do you, th- do you
2: think there's a chance that the
3: Packers sign anybody? I, 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 who? I,
1: that's Did a great question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, um, I, I thought Everson Griffin made sense, especially yeah. considering what Dallas paid him. Um, I, I just don't know who has juice that isn't already on a team. Um, yeah. it, it's tough. Pass rushers are so valuable, I don't know why one would be available on August 17th, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh,
2: maybe, and this year especially, I don't see people really doing those surprise cuts you'd see in other seasons just because depth is going to be so important at key positions like pass rusher and things like that. So, uh, I'm with you. I don't really see anyone getting signed and there's really no one to sign unless Jadevian for some reason wants to sign for a minimum and, uh, which is not going to happen. Uh, is there anything else you want to add for this, uh, this edge group before we
3: close it out? I'm good. I think we you know we didn't get too deep into the weeds but um without preseason honestly we would have been kind of disingenuous like I I I'm not at practice. I I uh um you know with with basically Zoom availability I'll be full disclosure having Andy there is just as good as having me there and I'm not driving 8 hours from Fargo to to uh go to a coffee shop and Zoom with you know X player. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely and
2: it's uh like you said, and it's just train it's training camp right now. And players always stand like montrevius Adams was supposed to be a huge role last year. And we saw how that turned out, or even uh, Tony Brown was supposed to be a big role and he was released. So like training camp heroes don't necessarily turn into production during the regular season. So it's tough right now, especially without preseason games. And we'll see what's, we'll see what's going to happen, but. I'm, I'm optimistic for our top three guys in this, but I'm just, like you said, I'm extremely nervous for the depth. Uh, but anyways, this is Ross and Jimmy with Pack a Day podcast. I gotta correct that time. Um, your one stop shop for everything green and gold. Thank you for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Music.